You people are hilarious. Yes, like, they are, man. You, you should hear us reading some of these comments out loud. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, a very special edition of the Ramon Show, starring, still and all, the guy over here to my side. I, I still got a job. You were in question yesterday. That's right. <laughs> I don't think you minded that either, though, DK, did you? I don't think you mind Al taking over for you yesterday. I, there's nobody that enjoyed that show more than me. I can tell you that unequivocally. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. How did you feel about it? It was good, man. That was my friend. Of course, you know that. Uh, Al is my guy, been my guy. Uh, and I, he, he made me remember something I told him. Uh, it was, I think it had to be the last year or something like that. I was like, oh, you're my guy guy. And I broke that down to him. And he was like, what does it mean? I was like, well, when you're my guy guy, like whatever you need, I got you. I was like, man, you get up to $50,000 and I got you. And he was just like, and he, he remembered that somehow of all the bull crap I've said to Al, he remembered that now Al will not be in need ever anything like that, but, uh, that's my dude. So I was glad to hear him talk high about a lot of stuff and just dove in and probably broke down some barriers and some walls that people had perceptions about him or about certain situations. Uh, I saw a lot of people yesterday said they had a different perspective on Tomlin. Um, they see why our room was the way it was. They see why the team, it was so much that Al said, man, and we'll do a recap at some point too, DK. He's over there on the side. He's Ramon. He's an 11 year starting guard the National Football League, all 11 of those for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I'm Dan Kovacevic in downtown Pittsburgh, DK Pittsburgh Sports. In case you're new to us, and I would imagine we're going to be getting a whole lot of new today because our very special guest is none other than the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mason Rudolph, who will be joining us shortly. I got to tell everybody, Moan, you were I've seen you stoked. I've seen you after football games, after wins in Cincinnati and Baltimore. Last night was a little bit different after the after the Alejandro Villanueva episode. It was. That's because they took me to that point, DK. Uh, this fan base is our, our audience uh, response to uh, Al was insane. A lot of people said, man, I never knew Al was this way. I never knew he, he was this funny. Like, that's why the helmet, I say that the helmet takes so much away from us. Um, it's almost pathetic at times. There's so many fun dudes in locker rooms. By the way, Mason just popped on, too. He's behind mm -hmm. the scenes. Uh, so we'll bring him up in a minute. DK, what would you rate yesterday? One, one, oh, one to on a scale of 1 to 78, I give it a 78. <laughs> okay. All right? Sense. I can do that. Yeah, you can do that. That was now, good right On that there. note... On that note, let's bring in number two. What's going on, Mason? Gentlemen. How are you hey, doing? I'm going to be getting out of you guys' on. way here because I know how that is. There's only there's no room in that where your locker stalls were on the south side. Not a lot of room there. So no. that, there was that was back that was pre-COVID uh, separators too. So we there was even much more this. intimacy. There was more intimacy. I'm going to get out of the way, <laughs> gentlemen. It's all your show, Mason. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. Uh, that's insane. You bring that up, Mason. I missed that. I, I totally missed the COVID year, man. Can I ask you? Did, you? Yeah. By the way, everybody, welcome in Mason Rudolph, man. <sighs> Thank you, Moby. Right Thank you, um, I know you don't do these often. I, I know, of course, the way this season has gone in your career in general. 
um it's been a lot and you just getting back to a little bit of normal off-season stuff man so i appreciate you taking the time for that and also since you all are here like subscribe share it to a friend do all those things you got to do yes like subscribe share all of it even mason said it I, i bragged on you yesterday too you know what i said what did you say Al was gone. Al was late. He told me, and you was in the group chat with me. Of course me. he was. Of course how, he was how, late. How long did he tell me he was going to be? By how late was he going to be? Five minutes, and it turned into 15, 20. 20. I don't know. 20. 20. 20. Typical, typical lineman. Typical lineman. Late. <laughs> wow, Mason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. More, more typical. Sorry. You should say typical Al behavior, not, not necessarily. Not necessarily painting with too broad of a brush that's what i'm saying man and then here you are a couple minutes late and i told you guys hey this works off chrome and he was like i'll be good and then right we're about to start what did the smart quarterback say to me in a text he said hey don't worry i'll be on time uh chrome will be installed but in my defense i i actually didn't take the full five i took about two minutes of the buffer so here we are um (laughs) here we go uh man by the way i was gonna ask you that question how was how was COVID? uh i don't know if i even asked alejandro about that yeah. man yeah it was crazy um i mean it you know what what we enjoyed about it was training camp at this at the uh at heinz field at that point was still heinz field so i mean the hours were better you had this real long break for lunch um you know i think there was two locker rooms i think minka was like in the visiting team locker room because he refused to get the jab. Tip of the really? cap, and uh, and so it was literally like everyone, and then he was across the hall. We're like, hey, Mika, he's still on the team. Um, so, I mean, the, it was nice being in Heinz Field, but um, I mean, you're testing every day. Yeah. Uh, for I think I think 2021, you were testing like once a week, but 2020, you're testing every day. Even on the bye week, you couldn't leave town because you had mm. to test. There was a fifty thousand dollar fine if you if you left if you didn't test each day if you missed your daily test. So it's crazy. No way, dude. That that would have made me want to retire sooner. I'll be honest with you. Like I know a lot of people made a fuss. Like Marquise, you should come back. After hearing that, I don't think anybody that was on the verge of retiring would have wanted to come back, Mason. No, it was it was um, you know, made us wear masks. Um, pretty much everywhere at the facility at practice, they installed these fiberglass, like, like face mask masks to go on your face mask. Like that was going to prevent anything, you know, (laughs) you're like, you're already showering with dudes. And then you're like, okay, for the field, we're going to just put this on now. And that's going to really stop COVID. Uh, I don't want to make this a, yeah, yeah, we're moving. I just I needed to know, man. That was insane right there, yeah, dog. Uh but Mason, here we go, man. From Rock Hill, South Carolina, man. You guys put out a ton of athletes. I played with a few guys. One in particular I remember off top, Jonathan Hefney. He was a DB yeah. that came out of that area, man. How how was it in that area? Because I have a follow-up question to you. It's like I don't understand, but how was it coming out of Rock Hill? Yeah, it was um what a great town to, to grow up in and um, just great, rich football history. I think uh, a friend of mine, Chris Lowe, uh, is an ESPN reporter, C-Lo. writer. Oh, he comes C-Lo. on the station you know here in really? uh, Nashville. He's going on my brother's show today. 
Is he really okay? Yeah, CeeLo broke the Alabama story too. That's right. And he's boys with Saban. I think that's why he got that. Okay. He got that before anybody else. But um he, he coined it football city USA, because I think if you look at um first round picks per capita, meaning like the size of Rock Hill, which is only like sixty five, seventy thousand um, you know, po- population wise, it's it's put out a an enormous amount, uh, a rate of first round picks and then just drafted players more than any other town. So, yeah, I mean, I was like a freshman in high school when Clowney was playing Cordero Patterson. I got to watch him, you know, then you had Jonathan Joseph, a little older, Ben Watson, a little older, uh, Ben Watson, same high school, you know, Ben. Yeah, um, I do know Ben. And then, um, and then, uh, Derek Ross, an older, an older head, um, you know, I'm probably missing some people, but, yeah, Stephon Gilmore. I didn't mention Stephon him. He was a South Point. He played. He played quarterback um, in high school. Was it Stephon Gilmore played quarterback? Played quarterback at South Point High School. Um, oh man, cross town rival. He was a. Uh, he was. He was incredible. So, yeah, it was a. It's a great place to to play football. Good. Good culture. And there's a lot of talent that comes out of the state in general, too. I honestly didn't know where you're from. I was actually thinking Florida. But if you look at South Carolina, though, it has just as much of sunshine as Florida. And the only reason I bring that up is, Mason, you tan so dark in the summertime. I'm like, dude, what? I didn't know where you were. I didn't know what your what your ethnicity, ethnicity or was. nationality was. I was just like, God, this dude is dark in the summertime. Yeah, that's what Latrobe Latrobe will do that. That long walk of that hill, that'll get you tan. You know, um, yeah, no, I uh, no Italian or Native American blood in That's me. What I thought. I think that, but I'm just boring old Scott Irish and German. <laughs> by the way, I'm a uh, 17% Irish. By the way, so we're somewhere related. Just so you know. Uh, no, we were we were closer. I knew I knew we were blood related. I just I didn't know it till today. See what I'm saying? The only reason I bring up Rocky of South Carolina, dude, I looked up your high school stuff just real quick, just to get a little bit. And you threw for over 10,000 yards in high school, which is insane. But in particular, your senior year, y'all listen to this stat line, and I think it just leads to the fact that you've always been a ball player. You've always been a thrower, right? You've always been a passer, make, making plays. You threw for 4,400 yards or over that. And here's the part that really got me. You threw for 80 touchdowns. Yeah, well, I, th- I think I threw for I think I threw for some sixty, and I had some rushing. If you can believe that, I know rushing touchdowns. That's that's probably shocking you, but yeah, it was. Yeah, I think I think the total number was eighty. I don't was know I 80. eighty, but but you yeah. didn't win, Mister Football Mason. Who in the heck won Mister Football? No, so there was a, a great player at the time, and um, named named uh, Jacob Park, who was a quarterback committed to Georgia. What? Um, and he. You know, he had, he had the SEC, you know, attention. He was committed to a, Absolutely. I guess you could say, a more of a powerhouse at the time. And uh, we actually played each other in the state championship game. We won. We kind of we we beat them. And then the following week was the uh, whatever the the uh, the announcement of who won that that award, and and it was him. So you know, I don't I don't I'm not losing sleep over that these days. No. But at the time, I was kind of like, well, hold on, I. And we beat their team, but that's it's uh, out of your hands. And and and, and he's a good person, and he, he was a good player. So you, you're being far too kind because I'm thinking of myself. You you won state. Y'all had a 15-0 season, and you contributed 80 touchdowns in one season. That to me would would scar me. I'd be upset, but I know, like you said, I don't even know who dude is respectfully. 
Um, but that that is fascinating. I, it just blew my mind that you didn't win, Mr. Football. But yeah, well, move. I've uh, I've been I've been blessed in other areas, so I'm not I'm not gonna. But but yeah, it would have been nice, I guess. Would have been nice. It would have, man. Um, moving on to college, just real quick too. If not Oklahoma State, which is where you and James Washington also drafted to Pittsburgh, um, went to college at. If not there, where? I was uh, LSU was my first offer. Um, yeah, the uh, the Mad Hatter, Mr. Miles, uh, Coach Miles was 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 my first phone call, first scholarship offer. So I was I was pretty set on going there for the duration of the recruitment, and then. Um, as a lot, many, many times these things happen, you know, you, the team starts to get cold feet or there's another guy that, um, maybe they're recruiting harder or they wanted to take two quarterbacks in the same class. And, um, so all those things kind of happened and I felt like I was kind of getting, Hey, we, you know, the, we like you, but we don't, we don't love you anymore. Yeah, you felt that. I did. And, and the Oklahoma state was, was full bore very much you're the guy in the class um you're gonna play early uh, and then i liked that the head coach had, had played quarterback there i felt like that was gonna be um you know an advantage to me um and my growth that this guy's been through it at the same very same school that i'm about to go into so it all worked out well and and um but yeah that, that was probably the alternative yeah for sure but it, it worked out well like you said it ended up being a high draft pick and the rest is history. You threw for a ton of yards in college, too. Uh, was James primarily your number one target for the most part of your career? Yeah, he, he was He was the number one guy for sure. Great player. <laughs> Great player for sure, man. Yeah. Super cool dude, too, man. He's wearing cowboy hats and doing his thing now. Uh, yeah. He's, I think he's on his, at his uh, ranch in Dallas now, and he's, and he's um, you know, he's into the farming thing. Um, and he's, I think he's, I think he's, selling horses raising horses breaking horses and and yeah he's got the like you said the cowboy the cowboy hat the belt buckle the wranglers pleated with the boots i mean he's the full full john dutton full john dutton <laughs> that's insane man yeah. uh but the career ends there and um it's fascinating i, I never forget when you guys got drafted you chooks who else was in that class was deontay Terrell edmonds, Terrell edmonds. Deontay was the year later chooks me james deontay sorry chooks me uh terrell james uh marcus allen who's you know one of my favorite you know yeah. former teammates great great energy provider hilarious yeah. jalen's jalen samuels yeah that was about it yeah. Jalen, I never forget Jalen though, man. The uh, uniqueness of him and the Wildcat when we beat the Patriots at home. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. You remember that, man? That I, I couldn't yeah, believe like a ton it. Of touches. Crazy, a ton of man. Touches. Insane, dude. Um, but moving on from college, man. Um, the the story around you was big arm, of course. Uh, Kev was somewhat quoted as saying had a first round grade on you. You know what? They said they had a, a fourth round grade on me too. Okay, Mason. So take it for what it is, right? Exactly. Uh, but your your career and going into Pittsburgh, what was that all about as far as knowing that you were going to be behind seven? Uh, I think the perception was we're planning. Um, how did you approach coming to Pittsburgh under those circumstances? Yeah, I was excited. I, I, I think none of us know where we're going to fall kind of in the draft and I knew I knew it was a quite a quite a you see who's on the comments right here I, I, <laughs> I, I see that I saw a YouTube thing but I didn't see 
I haven't it's seen it. Al. I know. He's got you have not been blessed in other areas. What is wrong with dude? He's done. He's probably harvested all the jackfruit and the tomatoes from his garden, and he's a little bored now, killing some time. He don't want to go home to the kids. He no, does not. Yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Big family man, family man, but, but uh, <laughs> loves his family. We're not saying we're not saying you don't love your family, Al, but you do love your garden. Yeah, <laughs> you so. do. You love being out of the house, man. Uh, but go ahead. My bad. I didn't mean to interrupt you. He's no, just a fool. Yes, he is. Um, we were talking. Oh, how, how what it felt like to get drafted. Um, yeah, I was I was excited. I, I mean, you get drafted to you know the, I guess. Uh, uh, to, what a historical, historically <laughs> successful franchise that's got, you know, tied with the Patriots was Super Bowls. Um, you know, uh, I don't think at that time they still hadn't, I think they were probably still behind us and they won one in like eight, 18 or 19. But regardless, um, you know, the Roonies, Mike Tomlin, I was, I was thrilled. And um, yeah, I, I knew that I obviously wouldn't, you know, I'd be in the backup role le- learning from an older player quarterback um and i was gonna just do my best to soak up what i could but you know it was a joy those first few years getting to getting to know you and that 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 grizzly group of mafia members of the offensive line and uh, you know i i just don't think many players get to get to come in and, and and experience that kind of just a very intense offensive line group i mean i think that more than anything that that molds you and and there's kind of a rite of passage i mean i felt like that way when you when you when you get to work with you guys and and um you know i was i always wanted to prove myself to probably the offensive line more than, than any other position group and did you really fun. absolutely why absolutely. you say that but why that because i'll be honest with you we any any other quarterback coming in i think we somewhat to put them through the rigors a little bit and i know pounce can be a hard but hard ass, and uh, we all were somewhat pricks, but we did it our own type of way, though. One of the things we used to get with you was, Hey, lower your voice in the huddle, but that was just you. <laughs> you, you remember that? Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like uh, the last the last thing you want to hear is, you know, speak up, you're, you're too quiet, so I'm going in there. You know, I think I think you guys used to call me like uh, Bruce Wayne or Batman because of that, Batman, you it, was too, it was too deep, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I can't win. I mean, it's one thing if I was like, "White eighty, white eighty, hot," but you know, I'm oh, I'm being too deep. That's really what we're going to be critical of. So I can sleep with that one. I yeah, that. no doubt, man. But you you mentioned why why our group, man, and Al somewhat said a little bit. Yes, it was everybody, man, that, that led to our success, right? And that we had as a team, man. Um, that could was it intimidating stepping into it? How did you approach it when it was your time? Let's go to. 2019 real quick that when is your show after how training camp went Ben Torres UCL I think in week one um when it was your huddle at that point your your locker room at that point I mean I think in any I think in your line if you say your, your first couple starts you're not a bit nervous I mean I, I was I was nervous this past year I mean I think if, if you don't if you're not nervous you're either lying or you don't have a pulse and it's, it's probably time to retire so uh, absolutely was I, you know, I think uh, nervous and excited all at the same time. And I think it was a Seattle game when um, uh, I got thrust in there and and we uh, really had a chance to win. We put ourselves in a good position. And and uh, I think it was a 
an OPI or a, de- a defensive pass interference, Russell throws the ball up mil- near midfield, and they, uh, which extends their drive on like a, a third and extra long. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, but I, I, I think absolutely when, when you're going in there with with a group that's protected a Hall of Fame quarterback and and uh, so many veteran. I mean, I think you were in like seven or eight or nine and Pouncey was in, you know, seven or eight and Al's in six or seven and Dick Dave's in six or seven. I mean, it was just a lot of experience and and um, you, there was a sense of, yeah, I wanted to want to do my best and, and lead you guys so we can, you know, do the yeah. celebrate, you know, and smash each other's face masks into one another and <laughs> hug and all those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, I, I have to ask you from that, that moment right there in 19 to this year, before we get there, I want to show you something real quick um, from that guy, Alejandro Villanueva, Martin. Okay. That pretty much said this. Okay. Uh, let me cue it up. The screen's going to go away real quick. You ready? You have somehow taken credit for Mason's reemergence. Mason. No, see, see, this is the this is the thing right here, Al. You always do this. I'm him. No, no, you're not him. Okay, you used to be. Now, now you're just you. Okay, you're not you're not him anymore. Okay, where's Marquise when you? You see what I'm saying? Like you need humbling. Like no, no, no. Mason Mason was part of the Breakfast Club, which is which is your was. So that right there, man, him saying one, he made you. I thought that was a great chuckle right there from Alejandro, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, he took a lot of credit, man. But how, how did we get here? He mentioned our breakfast club on how we used to come together in the mornings, man. Um, did over this last year, those last three, four games, six weeks of the season, when the conversation started to buzz a little bit more, where is Mason? Why isn't Mason in? Um, did those moments of you growing up around us, the hardships that you had, um, the experiences that you also had also and the people that you were with somewhat groom you for this latter part of the season for you to where your name is really hot, Mason. I think, um, I think the answer is yes. I, I, I am, um, you know, I think <clears throat> there's not many quarterbacks that, that number one, get to learn and watch a, a hall of famer work at their very same position. And then there's, there's just, I mean, I, I think when I came into the to, to the league and, and our team, I just figured, oh, this is what the O line is always going to be like. This, uh, you know, constantly competitive, you know, uh, argumentative, um, the Breakfast Club, you know, the the, you know, the political con- controversy arguments and one side, you know, Marquise versus Al versus Dave versus you. It was a uh, just just a, a great example of what, you know, what a a, pro, a true pros pro position group was to me, I think, and, and for a lot of the younger players. And um, it, it was, uh, yeah, invaluable. I mean, I, I loved, you know, and I, I was telling my mom this the other day, I was kind of like, you know, she was like, I was like, oh, trust me, Ramon and Al, we weren't, we weren't friends my first couple of years. You know, they had their own clique and I had the, you know, I had, it was a rite of passage. You had to kind of prove yourself to kind of be accepted at that table of breakfast. You, you didn't, you didn't just go sit down at that table. That was like, that was like Al Capone and, you know, uh, you know, Frank Sinatra and the Rat Pack. It was, you, you kind of had to earn that. And so um, it was fun playing with you and some great memories, a lot of ups and downs, but yeah. um, yes, I would say yes. 
So if I you go back and look at your tape from uh, your rookie year, second year, even preseason tape. Um, so like I said, I mentioned 2019. Actually, that was year 11 for me. That was 10 for Pounce by then. We got old on um, you, man. Yeah, you did. Um, but I, I said this on this show, Mason. I was like, man, Mason looks calm. I felt like the game was it the uh, which game was it against the was, was Earl Thomas with the Ravens or with Seattle when he hits you that game? That Ravens. was Ravens. I felt like, and most young quarterbacks do, you get happy feet. You look like you settled in this year. Like you, you, you just said, I'm here to throw. I'm here to make plays. If I'm in my spot, everything else take care of itself. What changed from then, Mason, to now? Um, I think, you know, experience and um, that's the best teacher. Even when you're not playing, I think I, um, you can either go on autopilot mode, you know, I mean, what, 2020, I played one game, 2021, I had one start, 2022, nothing, 2023 until week 18, nada. So uh, instead of, I mean, you can go crazy and, or you can really, really lock in and immerse yourself in the game plan each week, try to help whoever is playing and then try to be a voice on the sidelines. I think seeing it, I think seeing it from the sidelines the last couple of years and whether it was Canada or Sullivan trying to like, no. And I think, I think this is quarterbacks. Like I've had a good feel for what, for what Kenny liked um, for what Mitch may have liked the last couple of years in, in certain, you know, uh, scenarios and certain down and distances, third down red zone fringe. And I tried to, you know, I tried to make suggestions to the, to the play caller. Cause I think they had a great feel for it. And I think they, they both did, but when you're in the room with a guy and you know what it's like to, to run those plays, there's plays that they, they prefer. And, and sometimes, you know, yeah. I've been in that position that you don't want to speak up and say, no, I don't like, you know, they give you an option of a play. You know, do you like that one? Yeah, but I, there's maybe another concept that you love. And so I think that really looking at it as a coach helped me grow and helped me mature foot from a football IQ standpoint. Did you know physically that you were that you looked more settled in those moments? Because that was what I think a lot of this fan base saw. It was poise. It was steadiness. Um, and also just consistency. I'm not comparing you one to the other. I'm comparing you to you for the most part, okay? And there's a little bit of us watching, you know, the ones that played before you, but did you notice that you had somewhat brought it down as far as the game, as we sometimes say as players, the game slowing down? Yes, I think, I mean, I, I wasn't watching myself on TV, but I think um, I, uh, I, I think I felt like free. I think I, I felt a sense of, complete freedom and nothing to lose. Uh, Cause I really didn't have anything to lose. I, I knew I, you know, I was, I thought, you know, maybe this is my last year. Maybe I get another squeak another year out. You know, somebody gets, somebody gets hurt, goes down in training camp, you get an opportunity or a call. Maybe the Steelers want me back. We'll see. But um, I think, I think that's a, it's a fun place to be. It's when, when you're, when you're not playing with, with angst or anxiety or trying not to make a mistake. I just wanted to, score points and win the game each week. And I think simplifying that in your head made it more fun. That'll be something for sure you carry moving forward because it's one of those, like I said, coaching things where they'll tell you, well, we saw it and now we got to continue to see it. You see yourself honing into that and not of the perception of 
playing with house money, but just like, nah, I'm that pro now. Yeah, I think, I think, um, I think, I think so. I think, uh, I, I got into a groove, felt, felt good. Obviously we didn't, we didn't accomplish the ultimate goal once we got into the playoffs and, and, uh, you know, but I, but I think, yeah, I, I have full confidence that I can, that I can play in this league and that I can, um, replicate that kind of consistent performance. No doubt. The thing that's that's fascinating, though, Mason, about your pathway in this league, too, is you somewhat got buried because, of course, as you said before, playing behind a franchise quarterback, coming to a, a team where that was pretty much established, and he didn't really miss games. And then, of course, the opportunities, the time where the opportunities could have come, Pittsburgh signed, of course, a, a quarterback to a significant uh, paycheck. But, like, the perception of you somewhat got skewed. When you look at other cities, Mason, there's other quarterbacks in the same situation as you, and they catch high praise. Does it make you feel somewhat, I don't want to call it slighted because I don't need nobody to think there's jealousy or anything behind it, but do you look at it and say, why is that situation different from mine? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think, every, I think everything happens for a reason, and, and when you're going through adversity, um, doesn't matter what kind, whether it's there's competition brought in or injury. I think it's, it's no fun. And, and, um, but I think when you look back, I said this to, to, I think our, uh, during a presser uh, towards the end of the year, like, I think when you have adversity, you appreciate the moments of, you know, the mountaintop moments much more. Um, you know, I, I think it going through injuries, being benched, um, you know, uh, up and down play it, it 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 hardens you for life and and um i think it, i think it prepares you to be makes you a better human being and it, it makes you more I, I think makes you a little bit it gives you a better sense of humility and thankfulness to be at the level you are and and um but yeah i mean I, in the moment was there you know what was i did i want to compete that i want to you know prove one thing or another uh, yes, but but I couldn't be more grateful, kind of for how things played out. Even though it, yeah, it was tough sometimes. But I think you know, uh, God is sovereign, and, and His plan is always the right plan. And it's 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 hard to submit to that sometimes, but it's 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 often the most. You know, I'm going to work as hard as I can, and 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 let the chips fall where they may. Um. Al and I were talking about that this a little bit yesterday because we brought you up and I told him that you were coming on and stuff like that. And it's fascinating, though, Mason, that, like you said, God has his own plan for everybody in their pathway. If you roll that way, right? And most do. Um, the the actual opportunity to be signed later in camp and be around, honestly, long enough to actually have this. And whether it be injuries or somebody else, misfortune or bad play, um, how did you prepare even still week to week. And, you know, even when that opportunity popped up of, hey, this quarterback play doesn't look that great. We need to look at Mason and you weren't tapped into. How does that go as far as reps and preparation to actually start when you know you should be given an opportunity to? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I mean, during practice, during the week, everybody, I don't know if, if you know, fans know, but you know, you're taking scout team reps exclu exclusively and, and, you know, with being the third string quarterback, Mitch has taken, you know, if there's a rep, there's a set of 10 plays, he's taking six, you know, I'm getting four or it's 
So you're not getting a whole lot of reps, but you, you try to, yeah, whether it's, whether it's after practice or, um, you know, pre-practice working and trying to get a few throws in with the, with the, you know, the first group of receivers, the last group of receivers, just to stay sharp. That, that is a way that, that is the only way that you can stay physically ready. And then, and then I think I have the confidence that, you know, Deontay, um, got a lot of bank reps with him from 2019. We've been around each other. I know how he gets in and out of breaks. I know his strengths, weak, you know, what are his strengths, what are his best routes? You know, what can we put him in as a position to, to succeed? George had a little bit of work with him in, in training camp um, in, in some, in some training, in some preseason games, but um, yeah, you just try to, what, what do those guys do well? And then when you get in there, what concepts do I like? I mean, I, I was very appreciative of Mike Sullivan and Eddie Falk and the staff for taking into consideration the concepts I liked because, you know, we were, it was backs against the wall. We were, we were in desperation mode trying to make, trying to make the playoffs. And I wasn't going to, I certainly wasn't going to, you know, be coy or, or be, be quiet about things I liked or disliked. This is probably my only chance. We, we all felt like we were in the same boat, the staff, myself, like, we're, we're all fighting for our jobs, and um, I, I appreciate that from them. Yeah, and with that being said, though, too, man, you could see stuff on film, the communication from you, whether you're watching film or the live games or in stadium. Um, you can see you talking and communicating with guys. You can see you getting on the old line a time or two, you know, and, and, and I also saw you walking to a sack one time to Dan Morris, neither here nor there though. Okay. Mason. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but, man. Yeah, all but with, with that being said though, your ability to command stuff from them, if I'm not mistaken, you and Deontay were probably the oldest guys on the side of the offense. Do you, how did you view your leadership and watching either guys you admired growing up or the way the offense had, worked before you to where these guys somewhat needed a leader and it looked to me mason like you kept, you gave that song yeah what well, i think leadership is if it's for if it's forced or if it's fake it doesn't resonate at all and i i think um i've never tried to be a rah-rah guy I, i'd like to if i feel convicted about saying something i'm going to speak it you know with conviction because it's real it comes from the heart and um yeah i, I guess those guys appreciated that um I think, uh, you know, that there, there are some veteran, Deontay was veteran, Isaac Sayamalo. I think, I think he has sort of established himself this year as the quiet leader of that offensive line. He was in year eight. He's been at the top. He's won a Super Bowl with the, with the Eagles. Um, I know all the guys respect the heck out of him. So, um, yeah, there, there was conversations with the O-line and, you know, nothing rah-rah, but, you know, trying to challenge – ourselves to go down the field, put points on the board. And then, and then when, when you need to correct things, um, whether I miss a throw or, or we, there's a miscommunication on a route, I think, uh, you know, going to those guys, you know, in a, in the right way, not, not coming down on them and, and, you know, not, uh, but just having a conversation. Of what, did, what did you see? What did I see? How can we improve? The, um, the, the two, one and two guys, uh, Deontay and George, however you want to look at it as far as their roles, man. H how was it? Because <laughs> you really look like you highlighted what they did well. And I'll say this, too, in listening to interviews and reading stuff that they said about you. They didn't shy away from actually saying that you did. 
what what was your thought when you got those two guys, specifically them, in the roles that you had them in the later part of the season? Yeah, they're they're both talented guys, ultra talented guys. Um, you know, they both they both like I said, they both have you know routes or things they they they're they're better at, they're stronger at. You know, it's not the same for both of them, just like anything else. But uh, yeah, I mean, starting from the I think it was the second play against the Bengals. Uh, George just uh, making my job a whole, you know, very easy and taking a slant to the house. Um, Deontay, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, against Baltimore, Baltimore ca- catching a catching a routine, you know, spin spin in breaking route and uh, taking that to the house. So they're, uh, I think they proved that they're they're pretty darn good after the catch and. Um, you know, they both separate well. George is a little lankier and, and you know, anytime he's down the grass one on one, you you like your odds. You know, Deontay's stop and go is so so impressive. Any any sort of a you know hitch or um you know outbreaking route, he's very dynamic at that. I think Calvin Austin showed up. He's a speedster, um, can do a lot of those end arounds, and he can catch he can catch deep shots. Uh Kenny threw him a you know, beautiful, long, 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 deep ball. Allen Robinson blocking his butt off, catching balls in critical situations. Yeah. Pat Firemuth, Pat being a, you know, just a killer, um, you know, in, in big time situations when they're trying to take away the two outside guys and he, he has to work the middle of the field. He does that well. So it, it was a, it was a, a good group of guys to, to work with. And then of course, to the balance of it all, um, I think it was the which game was it? Uh, Seattle. Um, you guys went off. What was it? Four hundred yards of offense, and you guys just had a day, man. Um, but I don't think there was much incorporation of Pat Fryermuth. But there was yeah. conversation of him blocking and his role that he had to play. How, how was it keeping that talent? You know, somewhat quiet, like feed me, feed me too. Yeah, I think I think uh, actually I think that the Seattle game Pat did have a. A few, four or five catches. It was the game before the Bengals the game. game. He before. didn't have a single catch. He didn't have nothing. And um, you know, Pat's a, an awesome person, a good friend, and a you know, a team first guy that didn't say a word. You know, when he didn't get but a couple targets because they were trying to take him away. Cincinnati had seen that in game one. Um, he he had a huge day, 120 yards against them. Game one at third place, so they were trying to eliminate him. Yeah. And then in Seattle, you know. Uh, George and Deontay still had, I think, both probably fifty or sixty plus yards each, and, and then Pat had some yards. But that was a that was an offensive line, that was a clinic gone running the ball in, you know, being in, deep in the red zone and still running it in. And um, Coach D challenged them that week to do that very thing, and Jalen Warren and Najee just delivered. And I mean, the stiff arms. Najee was just he he was he was running angry that game. I just remember it, and and um, it was impressive to watch. Well, he had beast mode there, man. He had to. Marshawn Lynch was in the house. He had to show up. Goodness. Um, how how was he, man, with you? Because again, it just seems like a seemed like a jolt between all your offensive weapons, excluding the bigs, man. But Najee and Jalen, um, what what do you think about that? Because we on the outside, even me now, not being in a locker room, you know, felt like at some point you had to choose. Like, oh, is it Jalen? Is it Najee? And, and the answer is no, you really just want both. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's um 
I mean, I think they complement each other well. I think, you know, uh, they both had different strengths. I think, um, you know, Najee's, Najee's thunder and he's going to run you over and he hits the hole and um, really I thought he displayed a lot of good vision and, and, and you know, didn't second guess himself or dance. He, he hit the hole so hard towards the end of the year. It, it always seems like he saves some of that gas for the end of the year. Um, he comes on the last six weeks where I think a lot of running backs, you know, the, 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 the shots are taken on their body. They start to kind of fade a bit. Um, Najee is not that. Uh, Jalen catches the ball well. You know, his run after the catch, his make you miss is, you know, exciting. It's, it's, it, it helps us out. It helped us out on a lot of critical third downs where you throw the check down and he, he makes two, two people miss and we got, and you're moving the chain. So it's a great combination. Um, lo- love going to work with those guys. They're both selfless. They both did a great job of shutting out the noise on the outside and not letting, uh, not letting, uh, you know, who, who are we choosing? No, we're, we're going to both compliment each other and uh, really happy for them. Um, there's a one clip that the NFL films, I think, put out. I think it was you talking to Coach Sullivan with Coach Tomlin around. It was like, hey, let's basically saying let's not get scared um, and close out this game is what he was asking for. Um, is there any throw that you <laughs> you think you can't make? Because that was one of those ones where it's like if you're not right minded, you will seize up and say, I don't want to mess up. But you drop back. And as he said, through a rhythm pass, I think for a first down to pretty much close out the game at that point. What was that situation like for you in Seattle to hear that? Know that you got to go deliver that and actually do it. Yeah. Um, you know, Mike T is very aggressive. You know, you know that in those moments. And um I think the element of surprise is is always a you know worth worth bouncing around you know when you're when you're in the huddle and you're talking things through and um, we knew they weren't going to expect it they were in a they were in a zero defense and and um, you know George Pickens one on one on the slant well, you know we feel like that's routes on air and uh, so uh, George made a great play spun out got us a first down but but absolutely you know to have to have a coach who's that aggressive and doesn't, he's not, he's not playing to, you know, he's playing to win and he's not um, being too conservative, running the ball, trying to, trying to run the game out. He, he wants to win now and he knows it can be done in, in one play. Yeah. Um, a lot of, of changes happen. Well, a big change happened during the season, of course, uh, letting, relieving Matt Canada of his duties. Um, what was that transition like, Mason, as far as, Going from one coordinator in Matt Canada to you know Coach Faulkner and Coach Sullivan being the guys calling the plays. I mean, it was it was a uh, yeah, it was a change. And I think the media tried to you know make it a make it a headline story. And I think um, I was just happy the way everyone on the offense you know uh, continued continue to work and and and. Didn't want, didn't want, didn't really allow it to become a distraction. And uh, as much as I think it, it probably, it, you know, it was probably a distraction. The, the first, just because of the, you know, the Pittsburgh, the the, the fans, and we we've, we've got such passionate fans, the media. But um, yeah, I think, I think we responded well after the change was made. You know, I, I Matt's a, a a dear friend. I was with him for three three seasons, and you know, I only. Wish him the best moving forward, and hope he can. You know, I'm sure he'll be okay. Get a, get a, you know, get a job somewhere, and um, 
and then and then Mike Sullivan, who um, you know, and Eddie Falk, that kind of kind of tag team the, the leadership role moving forward. I, th- I thought they did a good job too in a in a tough circumstance, and um, you know, especially Mike Sullivan calling calling the plays in, in an offense that you know wasn't really his. Um, he, he was working with a yeah, working with a scheme that you know we added. A, I mean, a couple concepts here and there. Yeah, but, because in the middle of the season, you can't take one book and put it in a new book. That's what camp is for. That's what OTAs and, yeah. and, and mini camp is for. Correct. Like you guys still, for the most part, had the same book. We did. Yeah. We, 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 uh, it's, you can't, I mean, you know that in the middle of a week, you, you try to change too much and guys had start to spend. You can't, you know, same formations, motion shifts, you know, concepts for the most part. Um, you know, there were subtle changes, but, but, uh, like I said, I was, Happy the way guys responded and and um, you know rallied and, and and didn't let it didn't let it become a distraction. Um, how how did they when you speak earlier of Coach Sullivan and Coach Faulkner crafting the passing game? Um, were you adamant and honestly just um, uh, I guess strong enough to just say yeah I don't like that play? Was was it those conversations that led to your success towards the latter part of the season? Because here's the thing, Mason. You're playing this thing down, okay? You had 74% completion rate this year. That's like high school stuff. Do you understand? So it's not like you just out there surviving. Those numbers were thriving, Mason. So did how strategic were they in curating you? Yeah, I think the game plan was was different each week. We we knew, you know, I think Cincinnati was was uh we were all out there figuring it out, trying to build chemistry. I hadn't worked with those guys since, you know, training camp really at any level. I don't even know if I'd worked with them with the starting receivers in training camp, um, you know, working with the third group primarily. So we, we were figuring each other out and I think we, we figured it out, you know, pretty quick. And, and you know, like I said, when, when you got guys that like George that made a couple great, great plays after the catch, make my job a lot easier. Um, but yeah, and you know, then you go to Seattle, and like we knew we were run, we needed to run the ball. It's a hostile environment, one of the loudest venues in the league. Um, we ran the ball for shoot almost 200 yards that game. So you know, when we highlighted that that component, we were balanced in that in that regard. Um, and then you got a rain game, and in, in, you know, a monsoon in Baltimore. We knew we were gonna we didn't want to we didn't have a we we didn't want to have a 40 passing attempt kind of a you know uh, stat at the end of the game or. or or game plan. We, we ran the ball well that game. So I think you know, the staff did a good job of, yeah, taking into, taking into consideration, you know, my favorites, Pat Meyer did an awesome job with the, the run game each week, putting us in good positions, never in a bad play. And then, um, and then, and then, yes, I mean, obviously someone's got to call the play at the end of the day, which is, I think it's probably the hardest thing in the NFL, you know, alongside the quarterback position. And, and he, he did a great job. He had a good flow. We were balanced, um, and uh, yeah, we, we we scored points, so that, it was it was fun. Thank you, a lot of points, man. Uh, I have to ask you this one too, because everybody from your rookie year, second year, third year to where you are now, every player has growth, man. Do you do you think number one, the NFL gift players time now to grow up, and also, can you see differences in player to actually become true pros in those moments too? Yeah, I think um, does the NFL give players time to to grow and develop? Uh, I, I think you know it's a it's a tough biz, it's a business. Um, I think I think that's what's 
that's what's great about seeing people like Geno Smith, who, who I have looked up to, who, you know, came in, you know, played well, but also had some adversity early in his career and then stayed the course, stayed positive and, and um, obviously developed quite a bit um, and, and, and has turned into a, a heck of a starting quarterback. So uh, I think it's good when you see those kind of stories because because you kind of see that, you know, foot, there's a lot of football. I think football justice is a real thing. And if you stay the course and you work hard, you got a good attitude, um, you're going to get an opportunity at some point. It may be years down the road, but um, that's what I've, I've tried to try to stay, uh, stay positive in my own situation. Um, so probably yes and no. I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, players are expected to perform obviously based on where you're drafted, but quick, you know, fast. And, and um, some people, some people are ready to step up yeah. that fast. You know, our, your, our friend Pouncey started as a, as a rookie was played at a high level. Oh, bro. They're, absolutely. Uh, and then there's people that, that hit their stride, <laughs> hit their stride later in their career. Um, so, you know, if they don't get chewed up and spit out. So, um, yeah, I think, I think every situation's different, but it's, it's inspiring when you see the guys that, that stick it out and, and uh, get the last laugh. Um, you got to be able to carry something from this year. Um, like I said, it, what I don't want is folks to believe, oh, well, he was playing with house money. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, well, you had nothing to lose. You did have a lot to lose because if you went out and crapped the bed and they bent you, right, then your career is essentially done. If we can be real about that, probably it's going to yeah. be done, right? Probably so. um, and that's Absolutely. almost anybody at that point, right, That had, that's in that spot. What do you take from this um, with how you perform? Yeah, um, you take the confidence. Um, you take uh, – yeah, you, you, you take the – you take the, the good memories and, and, you know, the, the practice reps each week. I think uh, people, you know, only, obviously fans, people only see the, the you know, the, the games, but the, the weeks of practice going through the week as a starting quarterback, you know, the meetings, the walkthroughs, the practice, uh, the post-practice meetings, just getting back in that rhythm makes you feel alive again. And it, and it, and it uh, reminds you again, what, you know, what the, the rhythm and the grind of a week is like. And I think, I, I love that grind and I, I embrace it and, and um, you know, I, I, I very much look forward to doing that again, hopefully soon, you know, wherever that, wherever that I get that opportunity, I think, I think I can do it. And I think, um, you know, I'm excited to do it. It's fascinating when you were talking, I, I remember like my moment and having that feeling, you know what I'm saying? It's like, Oh, I, I can play. Like when you have those moments in a stretch of games like that, you somewhat feel like, yes, I belong in the NFL. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like that was my feeling. And, and when you catch that feeling, it's like I, I'm chasing it no matter what. You know, yeah. like that's a very unique place to be at. And to see those results directly like that is super cool, Mason. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I mean, no, uh, go ahead. No, I think we all have those moments. You're exactly right. Where you feel like I belong. And uh, then you just keep building. And you keep building. Speaking of building, man, we're going to field a few questions, Mason, if you don't mind. If that's cool with you. Absolutely. First one yes, up sir. is this one, man. Because uh, a lot of people didn't believe that. I think they thought you were a small guy, undersized. But are you really 6'5", 235 or similar? Yeah, I'm, I'm six four and a half. you know, probably 230, you know. Uh, so a little smaller, I think. I think I was, that was a few cheeseburgers ago when I came into the league and 
in my rookie year. And then, um, you know, I think, I don't know. I think Oklahoma State listed me at 6'5 back in the day, and that might have been fibbing a little bit. So, but not far off. That's that high school stuff right there. They want to make you yeah. seem bigger than what you are, man. Uh, here's another from Todd, man. It says, Mason, you came off the bench without much first-team reps. How much better can you be with proper time and personnel to prepare? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, um, yeah, the, the, I mean, I, I've, I've never gone through a training camp with, with uh, you know, even splitting the first-team reps, much much less taking them all. And I think, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But I I, uh, I think, you, you know, you can – it's reasonable to expect you to be – more prepared, more ready, have better chemistry with receivers, um, you know, work on new concepts that a coach or a coordinator is installing and come up, come up with a, with a, a true list of favorites. You know, I was coming up with a list of things I felt like, Hey, if I was in there, I would like but I hadn't really ran them yet. <laughs> um, so I, uh, yeah, I think, I think, um, I think you can, you can make a, make a leap in that regard for sure. Definitely. Uh, here's one right here from, uh, Ben, I like this. One. He said, "I wonder if you could have that game back against Buffalo. Is there anything you would have done differently?" Yeah, absolutely. There's every game. There's things you want to. There's throws you want to have back, or, or uh, you know, play calls you wish you could um, use at different times. Or, um, but uh, yeah, I think I think obviously the the first one that jumps out would be the interception there in the red zone and um, putting the ball more outside, us or nobody type of a spot. You know, anytime you get down there and, and you got three points on the board, it's it's never fun to walk away with with zero. So, um, you know, that one, um, you know, I think there was a couple third downs in the game where, you know, they, they McDermott dialed up a couple good calls, you know, nice, nice pre-snap disguise. And and it got me. And you know, I think that happens sometimes. But absolutely, when I when I when I love to go back and, and change and right those wrongs and go to the right place with the football. Uh, from Ash right here. How do you even get better without game practice? Like some people, of course, don't have to practice, Mason. You know, they get Thursdays and Fridays off. Some people like That's myself. Right. That's right. Get- That's right. Like you in those vet days, those, get those Wednesdays and Thursdays off. Yeah, you're right. They still come out and just dominate. You know, hey, man, it's, it's, it's not bragging hour yet, okay? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a good question. I, I think uh, you got to use – I think Isaac Sayamalu said something good to, to the offensive line that I heard this year and, and said, you know, uh, the the, uh, the quicker you can or, or, you know, the faster you can replicate the way that you feel in a in a scout team rep when, when you have nothing to lose, when you're playing free, when you know you're just providing a look for the starting defense and you can channel that same free freedom and, and uh, just, um, you know, weightless – you know, just uh, execution of your job into a into a first team rep. You know, the quicker you can close that gap or, or translate that style of playing, the better you're going to be. And and I think that's I tried to play around with those things in, in the scout team when it when I knew it didn't matter. I wanted to, you know, obviously keep yourself sharp and, and complete passes, but you know, arm angles and and uh, off platform throws and and really you know, take some risks that you maybe wouldn't yeah. take in a, in a normal practice with this first team offense. And I think when you build those, that confidence, you can, you can make those throws. You can carry that into the, to the real deal. 
that is where people get a lot of that stuff. We'll get to Frank here in a second. That's where a lot of people don't understand. Like practice does mean a lot. Uh, the chances that you make, like one of the things that I tried to do is jump set somebody. And I felt found out early, Mason, that's not for me. You know what I'm saying? So Isaac was so spot on with that type of stuff. Um, And and that's also, of course, being smart enough to realize what you should and should not be doing in those moments. Um, Very fascinating. Uh, Frank asks this, and you answer how you want to. Hey, Mason, I always, sure, Frank. Uh, He said, but I always believed in your playing abilities. And why didn't Mike Tomlin see the talent for himself? How did that somewhat transpire? Mace, as clean as you can. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think uh, you know the reason why. I, I understand the question, but I, I think I, I'm, uh, will be forever grateful for Mike and Omar bringing me back this past fall, and you know, give me a chance to be to be ready, give me a, give me a platform to keep myself sharp, and, and you know, and in, in, in the chance and the off chance that an opportunity did come, and it, and it did, and and so they, you know, they. I know, I know Mike T and, and Omar, they, they believed in me. They believe in me and they, they believed in me, obviously enough to, to, to bring me back to be a part of the squad. So thankful for that. No doubt. Um, here, <laughs> I was going to save that one, but here we go. Uh, from Christian, it says, Ramon, please ask Mason if he's coming back. This is a cherry on top that I need in my life. LOL, Mason. How you feel about your free agency, man? Yeah, I mean, I went through it last year, uh, you know, learned a lot and it was, uh, you know, discouraging at times, but I, but I, it was a good experience and to, to understand how those months flow. And, um, but I, yeah, I, I, we will see what happens. I, I I know I want to, I know I've felt good playing in the games I played in and I, and I, I'd love to do that again. And, um, I'm going to try to put myself in, in the position you know, whether that be in Pittsburgh or elsewhere to, to try to, to try to, you know, realize that that opportunity and, and accomplish that again. So we'll see a lot. Of, it's, a, it's a lot of it's out of my hands and it is. all I can do is, is uh, make the best decision for myself and my family. And I don't even think people realize how uh, stressful free agency is because what you have in your mind, you don't know if that's reality. And of course it's uh, you've gone through it before already, but, it's very nerve wracking, Mason. Yeah, there's there's no uncertainty. I mean, it's or sorry, there's there is no certainty of, of where you'll be, of what city you'll be in. I mean, I I think I think we're all as players a little bit used to that lifestyle because because you, mm. you never know. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow when you're on a team. You you could be cut, you could be traded. So uh, you kind of live this life of being light on your feet and getting used to that, but. Um, but yeah, we uh, we'll see what happens. I, I um, yeah, like I, I'll, I, I'll, I know I'll, I want to keep playing football. I don't yeah, I'll football. ask you this: good good conversation, exit meetings uh, before you left Pittsburgh. Yeah, it was good. Um, visited with with Mike T and, and Omar both, and um, you know, uh, it's so early. I mean, it's like three or four days after it we is. played our last game, so you know they don't. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot. We neither side of us knows, but but I felt like they were, you know, meant it when they said they, you know, they they'd like, you know, they'd like to have me back, and and, and they both, you know, want to do feel like they want to do business, you know, future business with me. So uh, that's good to hear. But um, 
like like you said, there's so many variables and and it's it's still so early. We're sitting. I mean, yeah. it's still still January, so who knows what will happen. I, I, Zach, that was a question up there. We'll get to in a second, but this one right here is awesome. And I'm glad you answered this honestly the first time, but can you go through and answer it again? Hey, as Zach goes, Hey Mason, how does it feel at a Steelers home game when everyone was chanting your name? They never do old linemen like this, man. See, I, I don't know. I remember a few times it was Moni, Moni. <laughs> Maybe I was dreaming, but, but they should have, they absolutely should have. If they knew, if they knew, if they knew, the people up front that really make the that move the chains, they'd be they'd be chanting all of your names. But appreciate but that. but but that might have gone to your head too much, Moan, and then you and then you might have started acting different. You might have turned into a diva. So maybe you it's know. you know, maybe maybe it's for the better that it didn't happen. I don't know. It was, yeah, man. It, de- it definitely right. would it definitely would have gone to Al's head. I mean, he, he, <laughs> he'd, have, he'd have retired and started doing speaking engagements, you know, right from there. Can you, um, can you imagine how Gil would have been? Oh, oh my Marcus. god, dude! I, I miss Marcus. I, uh, I miss I Marcus give, too, man. I need to give him a shout. He's he's he was hilarious. hilarious. If he stopped changing his number, dude. <laughs> no, we're we're not we're not big time enough to stay on his contact list. But uh, anyways, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was cool. It was more for my family. It was uh, a great memory. It being you know Christmas, they were they were all always going to be in town for that game, regardless of whether I was playing. But it was a uh, it was a fun night and, uh, you know, thankful to, to our fans for showing up, being so passionate always and, and uh, making it, making it a, a big time memory. No doubt about it. Uh, I want to get to the one beforehand. So just real quick, Mason, what was your relationship like with Kenny? I think the competition between you two will benefit you both. What do you think real quick? Yeah. Kenny's a dear friend. He's, he's, uh, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed getting, getting to know him, spending, spending two years now with him with the quarterback room with him and Mitch, both, both great human beings. Um, you know, he, he's a good player and, and, uh, yeah, I, uh, we, we've got, he likes country music. So, I mean, what else do you need to know about him? He's, he's a great guy. He likes a lot of different kinds of music. We, we all, we all keep it light and, and play a little music. One of the guys gets to choose kind of, what the genre of the day will be, who the artists will be featured and we get to, we go to work. So it's a great, it's a great, it was a great room. Mike Sullivan did a good job and uh, Kenny, Kenny's a good friend. No doubt about it. AJ Dub brings up, he goes, Hey Moan, it's usually the segment we do. It's called the Hey Moan segment, but he goes, Hey Moan, do you Mason catch yourself using timelinisms in everyday life? Are there any consider, are, are, are there any he considers a priority for players to take to heart? Mason, you were preseason MVP for him. Glad you saw uh, you carried that moxie in the regular season. Do you find yourself using timelisms? Timelisms, I think so. I think I think I kick myself sometimes. Like me too. In the media, in the media, and you're like, oh god, I'm I'm really just, I'm I'm regurgitating this. Like like uh, you know, they're a lot of them are so good, but they're you feel like can I really can I really use that because he he's so iconic yep. and funny the way he uses them and you know i feel like i if i use them if i use them am i really doing them justice but uh yeah i, th- I think you know uh, what is he nothing there's nothing mystical about it i see it with great clarity I, mean, I, I, made li- I made a list on my phone at one point it's a long all list you gonna pull bring it up <laughs> bring out one of my favorites here uh, i love re- it re- reasonable to expect 
um, skills relative to your to, to your position. Um, ball in the hand plus plus grass. Physical conditioning precedes everything. Um, you know this cadence as a weapon. We got to use cadence as a weapon. And some sometimes I, you know, Mike would be walking to practice and and uh, you know, like whoever was playing this past couple of years would would go on to or use cadence and and I'd say and, I, and I'd say to kid, way to weaponize that cadence, boy. <laughs> and, and Mike T would look at me like, you know, really, <laughs> screw you. You got know, you, 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 you using them against him sometimes. He doesn't. He doesn't really like that. <laughs> I can only imagine, dude. Uh, yeah. That's the small things that keep you in the locker room, man. That is. That is. That's the stuff I miss right there, Mace. Uh, of course, there's a lot of appreciation too. Jay Freeman comes in and said, "Man, I appreciate your professionalism on the mic." Your accuracy on the field. Where you go, I'm cheering for you. Please stay. They're begging at this point, Mason. Well, thank you, brother. They're, they're begging at this point, man. Uh, Christian also says, we want you back, Mason. I really hope you come back, Class Act. You on the right. You were the right one there the whole time. I love how they're saying this now, Mason. This is cool stuff. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Elizabeth said, what are you doing in the offseason? What does your training look like? I asked you that earlier, actually. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll take a little bit of time off from throwing uh, here for a few weeks and then ramp back up sort of, I don't know, mid-February. And, and uh, yeah, and then, and then um, working out, you know, stretching, massage, all those things to keep keep your body in, in the best shape, you know, diet. Um, I like to do a little blood work with a nutritionist this time of the year to kind of see diet wise or supplements other changes I should make, you know, am I deficient in something? And, but uh, yeah, I mean, right, right now it's about enjoying some time with family and, and unplugging for a bit, man, you quarterbacks and your doggone massages, man. It's neither here nor there though. Yeah, yeah. I know it's, you need them. You got to keep the arm, got to keep the arm fresh. You know that Moni. you know that. Got to keep it fresh. Let that breathe for a second. From Brian says, uh, Mason, in what areas has your quarterback game grown the most? <laughs> Which <laughs> it honestly it reminds me, like, we'll be in team meetings mode and, like, you know, Mike T will say something that's that is pause deserving. And, I'll, you know, like, I, I used to immediately, when there's something that's questionable, I said, I'm like, you know, <laughs> looking at you, waiting for you to say, <laughs> <laughs> and now – and now it's like Cam Hayward will do that every once in a while, but there's so many times this year I looked over and I said, "Really? really? You're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna cough or you're not gonna interject here. This was, a, this was a prime example. This was a prime opportunity." Because so, yeah. coaches say the wildest stuff, man. Oh my god! So it was Cam took that over for us. Cam man? took it over and 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 he he, he did an okay job, but I think you need to talk to him and, and get him to up his game a bit. In that regard, just so. a little bit. And so, just case in point, if a coach says something just blatantly off the wall, and I had the okay to do that type of stuff, I never got the okay. <laughs> it was just yeah, so just, a part of our culture. He'd yeah, say something like, "And we got to hit it off the backside," and I go, "Ha!" <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> and Coach Thomas, we're just talking about a run play, moan, but that stuff kept the room and team light, man. Yes. It uh, <laughs> Gotta 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 beat that man. Uh no, Todd, but he asked Mason, do you have any funny moan stories that he wouldn't share with us himself? What you got for us, Mason? 
no, nothing I wouldn't, nothing that's that's anything but PG. But but I do I do remember sort of Friday mornings like coming down to the locker room after meetings and you would you started to get into this um, rhythm or, or habit of asking me, hey Mace, what do you what are you thinking of this week? Kind of what's what's the game plan like? Do you like it? How are we gonna attack them? And 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 I was you know, the first couple of times I'm kind of caught off guard. I'm kind of like, okay, you know, like trying to give some, you know, eloquent synopsis to you about how we're going to attack them. And then, and then I kind of started prepping each week, like, okay, I got, I got to really know the game plan this week because Mamone's going to ask me, put me, put me on the spot. Yeah. And if I don't, if I don't know what I'm talking about, he's going to call me out. So that was uh, just another, another example of just that veteran leadership that I, that I appreciated. Those were some good times because you'd be going up to the quarterback meetings and stuff, right? Or you were just coming yeah. down. And it just yeah. eased me, if I can be honest with you, to say, okay, do you really like what we're doing this week? And um, it was cool. Yeah, it, it was, was cool. real cool. I, I, I enjoyed those those little chats. Uh, Al came on here yesterday, man, bragging. One, he's 6'10", right? But he made, if I'm not mistaken, eight, nine different just – uh, who was it? Tom Cruise references. Who, who does he think to he himself, is? Com- comparing to himself to Tom Cruise? He said he was Tom Cruise. He said he was Maverick. Yeah. He, he did all this he's, type of stuff. He's got the military background. He's he's uh, got the five o'clock shadow and the the dark Italian skin. So yeah, he he he, he thinks highly of himself. That's why we, you and I have to bring him back down to earth sometimes. Yeah, and the only reason I brought that up is somebody brought this up. Mark said, ever had any Clark Kent comparisons? I think you would win a part in a Superman film, Mason. I, I think you're Dom Draper, but that's neither here nor there. I, I I like that one better. I mean, my mom probably wouldn't like that comparison better if, she, she if, she'd, if she'd seen uh, Mad Men. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. There's funny things out there on the Internet that my grandmother will show me, I guess. Yeah, but, but they're... Nothing, nothing I take to heart like Alejandro yeah. does. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't store that away like he does. Like Tom Cruise is five two. Like it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, I think he's just probably talking about comparing nah. his his. Yeah, I don't know. He, he well, can he, make a lot of sense. I'm an NBA player or anything, man. But it's a couple appreciation, Mason. Then I got to let you roll, man. But AJ Dub says, thanks for your time. Man. I appreciate you answering his question. P.S. Love the banger of a social media post of you holding the melon. What's the backstory on that? Oh, God. Uh, that was that was uh, just – that was a bye week in this past fall. And, I mean, we hate to talk about him again. We don't want to name drop him too much because his, his, his ego just explodes. But Al – you know, Alvin on the way down there trying to feed the world. He thinks he's going to be curing world hunger with his fruit farm. And so I, I had to go check it out. And, you know, I, I, I yeah, I just, uh, I was being a goofball, uh, of course. you know, hanging out with him and threw on the, threw on the, the Dickies uh, overalls for the day. It was a good time, man. Uh, I got to highlight Rochelle one more time. She says, on behalf of the Foster fan, welcome, Mason, and thank you for leading us to the playoffs. It's a a city that wants you, Mason, man. Um, Again, I enjoyed it. I enjoy you. You're a good friend. Of course, when I came to uh, Pittsburgh this year for the Titans game, we rode and we talked, and we had a lot of deep conversations about a lot of other stuff we probably can't say here. Um, But I was appreciative and happy to see you, man. And uh, we talked about it then, you getting a shot of what's going to happen and stuff. But 
cool to see you right here right now. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I uh, it was good to see you again. I'm sure, I hope to see this off season and, and I um, always appreciated your friendship. No doubt. I'm trying to get my wife to see if she can sell you a house if you do decide to come to Nashville. It might, it might be Nash Vegas soon. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I will hit up Mrs. Foster in, in that in, if that happens. No doubt, man. Of course, you got free agency. I can't make you commit. This ain't college. And I'm not Les Miles or your coach from uh, Oklahoma. What's his name? Uh, Oklahoma State. Mike Gundy. Mike, Mike Gundy. I'm a man. I'm 40. Uh, him. Uh, but we'll talk more, of course, after this. But good luck in free agency, man. Everybody's appreciative of your time. I'm very appreciative of your, of your time and the memories, too, man. I'm glad to have you, friend. And thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Yeah, no slander. Me on. No doubt. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. It was fun. For sure, Mason. DK, that's it. Peace. Thanks, Mace. Yeah, thank you, brother.